Good morning. So I'm continuing Shiurim Kola Esik Betelis, I guess, Melchama. Um, so through Taylor we can accomplish, at least in the root source, a tikkun that helps the battles on the ground. So let me continue the, the story. And as I pointed out in the previous classes, when you push it, live with the times, love me decide with the parshas, it's literally exactly the events of our time. And I don't say that. My own Chiddush, that's basically, when you look at my Mordech Hazal, and especially, as I uh, indicated, different Mordech and answers from the Rabbeim, including the Rebbe, um, whether it was the Yalkut Shemeni the Rebbe used in Tav Shinun Aleph regarding the Iraq War. It was very clear that Rebbe was using these uh, Melech Poras, Melech Harvi, so even though a few people have pointed out, and I think I mentioned it as well, there are ha'aras from the Rebbe that B'nai Yishmol today are not necessarily exactly these countries, because Sancherev Bilbul, Sa'el Bilbul Sancherev, but nevertheless, just like Malchusedim, who's exactly Malchusedim? Is it the Russians? Is it the Europeans? Is it the United States? Bottom line is generally the ancestors of all the Western world is more or less Rome and Europe. <coughs> And the ancestors, more or less, of the Middle East is the, the Bnei Yishmol. Except there was plenty of Bilbulim. So you can't trace, like by us, you can trace a Yichus. You are ben, 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 all the way back to Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. I don't think you can do that with most of the Umas Elam. But the general regions, absolutely. That's why the Rebbe used the Medrash. If you say Bilbul Elam, how could the Rebbe use the Medrash of Yalkut about Melech Poras, Melech Arvi, that's talking about back a few thousand years ago. So, bottom line is that uh, when the when the when Kabbalah and in the Chazal, I should say, Kabbalah and Chassidus talk about birur, that the end of Golos will be the birur of Yishmol and Edim, we're talking about basically these battles. Uh, it's usually understood as Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. If you can put them all, and basically it's bnei uh, ben bnei Yishmol bnei. Uh, Esav and Bnei um, Yisrael, uh, Bnei Yisrael, in Yaakov and Yitzchok. Especially, just to go a step further, that Barbanel, who lived after Sancherev, he clearly in his Svarim, especially on his Mefarshim on uh, Daniel, and in other Svarim of his, and he lived in time in Svard, in the, the Gator Svard, he lived basically 700 years ago, he clearly says that all these battles are directly connected to the psukim here, and he refers to them, and I will, so a lot of what I'm saying is taken from these sources, but the real, I mean, I'm, I'm not here just to talk about a Barbanel, because the Rebbe Setlach, I mentioned the Setlach, the note from the Rebbe to Rabbi Greenglass, which I think is a very, uh, uh, re- revelation of the Rebbe's look at uh, the whole situation, and the Maimonim I mentioned, so that's why it's not going, it's not a stretch to say that the parshas that talk about Yishmol and Yitzchok and then Yaakov and Esau, you can directly talk about our time. Yaakov and Esau, the Rebbe Beferish speaks about the bitter of Esau is, the Rebbe says in the Sichas, Ve'yeshev nun beiz, and many Sichas, that it's Esau is uh, Edem, which is Sarfas, and in America, he talks about the Western world. 
So generally speaking, that's why you could say this. I'm just pointing out this issue. So it's not about directly, yes, there's no question that some countries in the Middle East that actually are traced to completely different roots in Asian and other, uh, another ancestor, ancestry. Okay, there's just some harder agav in this conversation. But getting back to the actual topic at hand, regardless, we have Teda, Teda, Melosh, and Hera. So what do you have then this week's Pasha, Chai Sada? So uh, though the Pasha is called Chai Sada, it's all about Sada, and then about Avram burying Sada, and then about the search for a Shidduch for Yitzchak. But then, interestingly, end of the Pasha, reappearance of Yishmael. So first of all, when Avram passes away, so Yishmael returns, and in him it's a Ve'igbaru Eisi Yitzchak Ve'yishmael Bonov, and Zashi says, from here we know that Yishmol did shuva, because it says first Yitzchak and then Yishmol. And then, Natsam once, the Kedai you could say is connected to the Kfura of Avram. But then comes Ve'ele Telis Yishmol ben Avram, the end of the Parsha right here about Yishmol and his, his children as grandchildren. So the Mephoshim obviously asked this question, like, how, why suddenly are we talking about Yishmol? Is this Tama Derech so to speak, since you're already mentioning him now, Yishmol passes away at 137, etc., etc. So, um, so the, the Balaturim says right here, the Loshen Belushenei, he says, Alpnei Kol Echov Nofal. That's the end of the, the parsha. Yishkenu Mechavila Atshut. It says where Yishmol lived. Asher Alpnei Mitzrayim. Ba'acha Ashura Alpnei Kol Echov Nofal. Says the Balaturim. Uh, so, since because when you read the next Pasuk and the next Pasha so, then goes back to so there's clearly a juxtaposition a correlation between the two so he says sorry he clearly is talking about the Balaturim, the Bachas Hayomim, there will be a battle, and, and that will be the time when Yippel Yishmol, Bachas Hayomim, and then Yitzmach will blossom, Shiach, basically. Yitzmach ben David, who comes from Teldus Yitzchok. I mean, it's as clear as day what he's, he's talking about here. He's not talking about Bismane, he's talking about today. As a matter of fact, in the Rashi and the Pashavayeda, when it says, Bashar Husham, and the Ebrister says, I will bless him, Bashar Husham, Yishmol. So the Malachim, they came with a taina. We know what Yishmol is going to do later by Bovel. Deprive the Eden from water. The whole Rashi, one of the longest Rashis that you find. I got the whole history. And the Abishta says, the answer is Bashar Husham. Right now, he's getting scarred for where he is now. We're not talking about what's going to happen in the future. But you see from all this that the future is very clear. Yishmol itself, the name, I think I mentioned from Medrash, is Meloshet Osid, Yishma Kel. So that it says, because Ba'achlis Hayomim, when the Eden and the world will cry out what Yishmael does, so Yishmael, his name itself, in Yishmael's name itself, that the Ebrister had, the Ebrister will listen to the prayers, not of Yishmael. Originally, it's about Yishmael crying and Hagar, but it will be the cries of the end of days. So all this are part of the Midrashim that, that uh, unfold and you see, reveal a, a deeper narrative here. Now the Balaturim, it's not his Chiddush, that there'll be something I mentioned, and I'll elaborate a little more last time, I'll just repeat the answer for the Rebbe to Rabbi Greenglass. 
So in Matzah, I, I mentioned, I think, the wrong year. I said, Lamed Zayin, Lamed Chesed, I'm sorry. It's Tafresh Mem. And the Maimah called Matzah Zu, Hemshech Matzah Zu, from the Reb Marash, Tafresh Mem, basically 1880. Um, the Reb Marash says the following Avram was Mispal, and Yishmol, Lu Yicha Yishmol of Fonav He mentions Af Shabavada Yoda that's what the Reb Marash writes. Still, he was mispal for Yishmol. So Rabbi Greenglass wrote to the Rebbe, I'm not sure what year, from the Ksaviyad of the Rebbe, it's Mashmeh around Tov Shin Mem. So it'd be basically 100 years later, 1980. Um, and Rabbi Greenglass asked the Rebbe, writes to the Rebbe, maybe this is L'Hoyer from Zoyar Sev Pashava Eiro, where there it talks that Yishmol will have a Mochama, will make a Mochama gag in the Welt, will attack Eden, and then who will attack um, uh, Israel, that's Israel. And then will be, Mashiach will come. Which basically, Balaturim says, not all that, Lushenis, Balaturim is not mentioned in this settle. And the Rebbe writes, Umezer, he writes, that's Seif Pasha Ve'era. And the Rebbe writes, Umezer, this is the Rebbe's Ksaviyad, Umezer Chali Gimel Seif Pasha Balak, yeah, and then the Rebbe writes of uh, Piyut Yisrael Neisha through the Avslichus where we say Kilo Seir veChesne. Seir goes on Eden, Esav, and Chesne is his father-in-law. So it's like a Remez. So that they'll, they'll be eliminated. Ve'Eid the Rebbe adds. So you look there, all these places is all talking about Bochamis Ba'achlis Hayamim. Literally, what the Baratulah Turim says. And at the end of the day will be the Nitzach, and this is all in order to re- lead. It says clearly, Yitzmach ben David. Now, Kimuvin, we all pray that this should be with the minimal amount of pain, a minimal amount of war, but it's not a pella when you start seeing these battles. So when the Rebbe brought the Al-Kashmani in Tovshin uh, Nun Aleph, I remember uh, how exactly the first Rebbein when the Rebbe mentioned it. I think someone actually hung up the Al-Kashmani on the wall in 770, if I recall correctly, the Rebbe actually stopped and looked at it. So I'm not saying that was what was made of the Rebbe, but I think it was Rabbi Olav Hashem, Yisvitzer Kazin, was the one who hung it up. If I recall, maybe wrong, I think he was the one. And I remember the Rebbe walked in 770, I, I wasn't there, but I heard later the Rebbe stopped and looked at it. Now I'm sure the Rebbe knows the al but whatever, at that time, the Rebbe began speaking the al So I remember right away, by Chazorah and other, we started talking about it. You know, it wasn't a, a, every day that ever brought a medrash, especially such a dramatic medrash. You all know the medrash. The medrash says that Yamid Melech Poras Keneged Melech Arvi. This was when Saddam Hussein attacked Kuwait, and the whole war broke out. So Yamid Melech Poras Keneged Melech Arvi, and the whole world will make a whole tumult. Everybody will run around. So tumult was resigned. Ubnei Yisrael will also be confused. And then the Ebrister will say, Bonai lo yiro, lo yiro, don't be afraid. Kol mashasisi asisi bishulchem. Everything I did, the Ebrister says, I did for you. Higia is mangulaschem. That's when the Rebbe started using that lotion. That's why I think the same Yalka also says, Yamid melech 
Mashiach Gag Beis Amigdash? Is that the same Medrash? I think so. Yeah. <coughs> so I remember someone asking me then, not from uh, someone, someone I, I mentioned in a talk I gave, I think. So someone said, the Rebbe took a Medrash. Like, you know what? So that's when I was uh, researching it, and I realized the Medrash is just a tip of the iceberg. When you start looking at these, Medra, these Zehas, and this um, Balaturim, and so much more, you see, it's not that the Rebbe just found a Medrash, Melaporas. It indicates that at the end of days, there will be these battles. And by the Rebbe, clearly he gives Mangulaschem. You could say the Balaturim, at least, and not directly, but maybe one of his Makedas is the al because that's what it says. They'll, be a mocha, they'll first be Yishmal, they will attack, them Nafokish and Nafal, that's when it'll be Teldis Yitzchok, will be Yitzmach Ben David. So, you see, when you start looking back, the plot. Now, of course, you could ask the media question, I'll just stop and just ask this question. So why, the Rebbe said it back in Tov Shirun Aleph, now we're talking about 33 years later. So why didn't the Gula just come then? So I don't have an answer to this question. The Rebbe himself said many times, it could very well be that Rebbe wanted and the Rebbe was pushing and doing everything possible that that should be the last Muhammad and that would be over. The al would be Mekuyim, Mashiach would come, Yigiyaz Mangolaskim again. Mezah Siba, whether it's because we didn't do our job, I'm not going to start pointing fingers at myself or anybody else. Mezah Siba was still not in that place. So, the Mokham is real, so uh, what can I tell you? No, it means clearly that uh, this, this, this last birur with Yishmael is not finished. It, uh, you know, it's not a stira. It's still the end of the story. Exactly. That's the, the Rebbe Shittu was always finished till the end. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying, I'm not justifying. We all wish this didn't happen. But once it happens, you start looking at the story. So, so first aid off for sure is clearly, you know, we have a neighbor there, and it says, what it says here, Yitzmach ben David, and Mashiach will come to the Gula, and all this will be a, a distant memory. But at the same time, we also have to learn from this what, what we have to do. Because here... The obvious question is, Yishmael did do tshuva. You know, so is, are, are his grandchildren also going to do tshuva? You know, that's what the hope is. And, uh, and it's interesting also, this all comes at the end of Pasha Chai Soda. So I want, let's talk about that a bit more. Now, Soda was actually not the mother of Yishmael. And if anything, she banished Yishmael. She's the one that insisted that Yishmael be sent away. Because Mitzachik, Rashi teaches all the three, all the three opinions. All the Gimel Dvarim, Yarek Val Yavar, Avedis Alilim, Avedis Zara, Gilead Ayas, the Tzicha. And that's why they have to send her, she insisted, and Avram didn't want to, he had sad over it, and they wished to talk. Why? Because it's still his son. Shmuel has DNA from, uh, from, uh, from Avram Avinu, Hagarech, but Avram. And, uh, and she, but they wished to told him, you have to listen to Sara. Now, was Sara's time. Because it wasn't her son, so she didn't have Rachmana saying Shmuel. She knew she was a Nevia, she was a, a prophetess, and she knew that Siddhat Saras and this, and this other Rabbi sending away Yishmael was not an act of Stam Dchiyat. Uh, it was, you see, then he does Tshuva. So, what do you learn the first thing from this? That sometimes discipline 
with someone that needs discipline is actually Latevasa. It was Latevis Yishma. Not just Latevis Yitzchak. So when the Rebbe says, for example, that you have to go all the way to the end by the Yom Kippur War into Damascus, into Cairo, you know, so some people misinterpret that the Rebbe is a, a hawk. You know, he's a right wing uh, because it's the exact opposite. If it's an enemy, you have to destroy the enemy completely, and then you can have peace. And if you need a raya, look at World War II. Germany and Japan were quite terrible. And America and the Allies had to insist on unconditional surrender. Not conditional surrender. And many people died, and many civilians died. But what did that ultimately create? Peace. Till this day, Japan, Germany were rebuilt by America, and they're at peace. They're, they're allies now with the United States and with Israel. So what do you see? That sometimes Gvuda actually makes the chesed stronger. Because Sada's wisdom was understanding that Yishmol stuck a chesed in language of chesed is chesed of Avram, but chesed the klipe, too much chesed. And you need gvura. Yitzchak is pachad Yitzchak gvura. He's the heir, the Yiddish of Avram, because you need chesed gvura balance and then teferis of Yaakov. And I'm using the Mamorim that explained this. And Yishmol was chesed ulumazeh. And, you, and the only way to deal with that is you have to have a strong Gvuda, which was to send them away. And look at the end of the story. It wasn't Merachah. Kimi ended up coming back and recognizing that Yitzchak comes before Yishmol and ends up clearly, it says he did Shuvah. That means Avram's genes at the end of the day did dominate, did have an effect on him. So we have to believe that all the Tzaytzayim of Yishmol, just like the Tzaytzayim of Esau, will ultimately come around. And if you look, the Sikha I mentioned again, which is one of the, I believe, one of the most Yisraelis of the Rebbe, if you want to understand the whole historical panorama, is by Yeshev Nun Beis. Just Bekitsa, the Sticha, just Chazar over the Nekudis, where the Rebbe says there that the Alta Rebbe was menaged to Tsarfas winning the war against Russia. In the Russo-Franco War. Even the Rabbeim, I think, say that as a result of that, the, the, the Alta Rebbe passed away before his time. It was Mesa Nefesh. That Rosh Hashanah, he woke up early, blew Schaefer early in the morning to make sure that the Russia win. Now, Alexander wasn't exactly a Avisro. He was at Seder, he was a, a Russia, Marusha. But the Alter Eben, his the big picture, saw that for Eden, it's better that Gashmis may not be so easy, but Baruchinis will be better. Whereas Napoleon was promising freedom, but godless, a godless freedom, but Alter Eben was worse than, a, than godly oppression, if you wish. Not that it, so bottom line was, that's what the Rebbe said. But here's the big Kiddush. Only time the Rebbe ever said such a thing. The Rebbe said that was then. But now seven generations later, we already were mavadid enough and we grew up. Because what does it say by Yaakov and Esav? It says that when Esav says to Yaakov and Pasha Yishlach, he says to him, come and let's live side by side. Come live in Eden, near Eden. Yaakov says, the the children are young, the saying the sheep are tender, we're not mature enough to come live near you. But Rashi says, so what? He's again deceiving Esau. He knows he wasn't going. Why did he give this excuse? So Rashi says, no. He will end up going. When Mashiach comes, Yaakov will ultimately meet with Esau again. Chesidus explains, the Rebbe explains, and that's Sicha. Yaakov was saying, I thought that you were first ready for Mashiach. You're not ready, so I'm not ready yet to engage with Esau. 
And the Rebbe said, that's essentially what the Alter Rebbe was saying. Esau is the Western world. We're not ready to engage with the Western world. It's too complex, too, it's too difficult. The, the Eden were not strong enough. But the Rebbe says, seven generations later, now we can go to Tsarfas and to the Western world. Now we have the Keiches. And the Rebbe brings, that the Rebbeim sent people to Tsarfas. His madam is also to himself and the Rebbe. And we could be Mavarit. That's what the Rebbe said. Atke the Rebbe went in that Tavshin Lama Dalit, Chsidim, obviously the Rebbe was the one that did it, said they took the anthem, the anthem, the national anthem of Tsarfas, of France, and turned it into the anthem represented the aggression and the power of Tsarfas that the Alter Rebbe was so against. And the Mitle Rebbe and Alter Rebbe both have long letters where they explain why they're against Tsarfas. They, call them the, they, they mention Napoleon, Bonaparte they mentioned. And, uh, and the Rebbe said, but that's why Chassidim took the Negan, the very Negan of the Nitzachim of France, and turned it into Gedusha. And then the Rebbe went on and said that the Nigan afterwards, it actually weakened the Nigan that they changed some of the Tenuas and some of the, of, the, of the song and some of the language. It's a very aggressive song. So I remember, I prepared that Sikha for the Rebbe. And I'm saying, like, this is, you know, big statements. The Rebbe is saying that the world changed. I'll come back to the point in a moment. Let me just share with you what happened. So I wrote to the, so when we were preparing the sikha, the Rebbe always wanted us to make sure everything is exactly bediuk. So I, I then I, I called uh, Shmuel Zimov in Paris to ask him if he could send me, if he could check out in French history, French newspapers, about what exactly happened with the change. Not that Achaz Rishon was questioning that it changed. The Rebbe said, but I want to know the details. So when you write it, you write it very accurately. Um, so he sent me back three or four clips from French newspapers that Takin Tovshin Lamed Hey, I think, or Lamed Vov, right a year or two later, the next president of France came in and they changed some of, they made, they said the song is too, the song was a very aggressive song, like calling for blood. It's a, you know, a song of victory that France, when French, when Napoleon won the war, etc. And they indeed changed things. But then the next president came in, I think in Lamed Vov, in 76 or something like or 77, and he changed it back. So the French anthem is back the way it was originally. But there was a change for a period of time. So I decided, you know what, let me send all this to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe told us what to do. Um, so, I, so I sent in the clips, the French newspaper clips that came by fax, with a tzettel. And I wrote that. The Rebbe said so-and-so. This is we Mavada, exactly the details. And we're asking the Rebbe how to, how to write it. Um, so the Rebbe wrote back that you should write exactly what happened. Say it was Nishtana, the, the, and then it was changed back. So it's all in Ha'ara, you'll see it all in the Sikha there, there's a footnote. And then the Rebbe wrote to us, the Rebbe wrote that uh, um, I think the Rebbe wrote. No, it was, the story's not over yet, there'll be Chadoshes. Basically, I guess because we sent in newspaper clips, that was telling us our job is not to uh, follow the media, but to write sikhs. That I didn't say those words, but I'm saying, he said, our job is not to follow the news, which I took to heart, obviously. Um, I can't say I would do it perfectly. You know, it's, it's hard not to follow some of the news today. But I always keep my eyes open for this story to happen, that in France they'll change it back. It hasn't happened yet. But my point is, 
that, uh, that, that, so it's all in the Sikha there. You can look it up. It's in the Sefer HaSikha, Tav Shinun Beis, Mugev, Ayeshev. So what do you see from this? You see from this that when time passes, things change. Now, let's take it back to Yishmael. We haven't, we haven't reached yet the story of Yaakov and Esau. That's next week's Pasha. So you go back to Yishmael, you see that there is a bitter. Yishmael began as who he was, Peda Adam, and then he did Shuva. And that's exactly what you say, Nitzmah, based on Yitzmach ben David, it doesn't mean that Yishmael Nafal will destroy the negative part. But just like Yishmael did Shuva, you have to say there'll be the bitter of Bnei Yishmael, just like there was the bitter of Bnei Esav. And you take a see, through the history, Bnei Esav create many, many problems for Eden, probably more than anybody in history. We're talking about the Romans destroying the Beis Amigas. Okay, so that wasn't that Christianity, but it was Rome. Remi, Magdil, Zu Remi, that's a grandson of, uh, of Esau. And then all the other tzaddas that we suffered under their hands. Basically, Golos Eden, the worst tzaddas in Europe. Some people even say the Holocaust is a result of Christian discrimination, even though the Nazis were not exactly religious. But they used it. They used the, the anti-Semitism of, this, of, the, of the West, of, uh, of those countries, against, uh, against the Eden, obviously. So there's Sikha, and yet... You still have a country like the United States, it was born from Christians, not from Jews, that has been a haven that protected Eden, and the Rebbe said many times, a Malchus al Chesed, coming from B'nai Esav. So you see, the end of the story is a positive one, that ultimately the bitter will happen, as the Rebbe explains in Vayeshev Numbez. And you have to say the same thing with Yishmol, essentially with the Balaturim says, the Zayas I just mentioned. So we're like, you could say, I mean, I can't say what the Rebbe would say exactly today, but I have no doubt it would be in that kav that this is like the last, that's the last thing because right after this will be the Tzmichas ben Dovit, like the words of the Baal Turim, the words of the Zayat, the Medrashim I mentioned, the Gizman Gulas, I mean, again, more and more. I want to add one more thing. I think I may have mentioned it last time, but maybe not. Um, so the plot thickens. That Barbanel says is bad enough that we have to be evolved with Bnei Esav and Bnei Yishmol. And as I also pointed out, the, the, the Gemara and the Medrash that talk about Daimat and Teda, what did the Ebrista do? He offered the Teda to Bnei Esav and Bnei Yishmol. So there again you see they suddenly reappear because they're children of Avram at the end of the day. And ultimately, the message of Teda, Shev Mrs. Bnei Nech, is going to affect them too, and it would affect them. The Rambam says clear that Islam, Christianity and Islam, both are the Asher Saderach for Mashiach more than it was before, with all their flaws. So you see that they are, they're pretty prominent. So the Barbar Brunel, when he talks about it, he brings a medrash. It's not a medrash that is very popular. It's a medrash that's brought in Teir Shlema. It's one of these uh, medrashim that are not um, in the regular medrashim. A medrash that talks about the chasaneh of Esau. Remember I mentioned before, and I'm being Hidaik now, the Rebbe's the Rebbe mentioned in Slichis, Sral Nesha, that's Kila Seir Vechesne. So what is that talking about? Seir Vechesne. Esau and his father-in-law. So when Esau heard how Yitzchak and Rivka told Yaakov at the end of Pasha Vayetze, I'm sorry, at the end of Pasha's Teldus, next week's Pasha. So what did he tell them? He told them, told Yaakov to go find a shidduch back in Padana, uh, in, in, uh, in the place where the, of the family of their family, of Avram. The exact Lashon is, 
was the Lush. So Yasuf heard that. So he also. Basically, you take a woman from that family. That's what they were like, just like Rivke. Avram sent Eliezer. Avram to find a Shidduch there. So, same thing, Yaakov. When Esav heard that, so we know. Because Esav heard, that's the preference. But what happens? This wedding. What happens with this wedding? It's not so simple. Later, it says later that Esav, and later in Pasha Vayishlach, it talks that Esav took Bosmas. So Rashi says there, and all the Mephoshim say, Bosmas is the same person as, as Mochlas. So why is there two different names? So the answer is, so the Medr says like this, Esav, Taka, took her, they were engaged. Came the wedding day, the wedding day, so of course there's negotiations between the Shved and the Edim. You know, as they say, uh, why is he called a Shved and he's called Edim? Because after the marriage, there's always an argument uh, for the, for the, um, for the dowry, as they call it, for the, what do they call it? Um, hmm? Naden. And uh, the, 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 the newlywed, the chassan says to Shved, you promised me so much and so much. So the Shved says to him, bring Edim. That's why I call him an Edim. And uh, I didn't promise you that. I promised you much less. So the Edim says to the Shved, Shved, made the mix, it's Chayev Shvur. That's what they say, it's called Shved Edim. So if you ever have issues with your Shved, you can always uh, cite that. Uh. So that's talk of what happened. The day of the wedding, um, they're sitting and they're negotiating. And listen to this. Um, Ishmael comes up with, I'm sorry, Esau comes up with a brilliant idea. He was a smart man. He says to Ishmael, between us, let's make a deal. You kill your brother, Yitzchak. You always wanted to kill him. So you kill him. I'll kill my brother Yaakov. And then we'll be left. The sole heirs, Yarshim, of Avram's great wealth. Avram was very wealthy. And we don't have to share it with our brothers. So the Medr says that Ishmael, who's not a fool himself, is also a smart man, says to Esav, You think I'm Kayan, who's going to go kill my brother? And I know what you're going to do next. Since you're a Ishaloche, and you know Adin, then I will have, you'll have the mitzvah of Gael Adam, because I killed your father, Yitzchak. So you'll come and kill me with the same cheshman. Then you'll be the only Yerush. So I would have killed Yitzchak. You would have killed Yaakov. Then you kill me, and you're left with all the money. I'm not making such a deal. That is, I'm not, I'm not joking. This is a real medrash. That Barbanel, I found the medrash of that Barbanel. And I started looking. Yeah, it's a medrash. So therefore, Yishmol so basically said to him, no. So Esau said, that's the case. I'm out of here. I'm not marrying your daughter. That's what happened. That's why later he comes back, after Yishmol dies, Esau comes back and marries, marries her. And that's why she's named another name. It's like a second uh, engagement, if you will. So the Barbanel writes these words. I don't remember the exact Lushen. It's a very sharp Lushen. He writes that most of the tzaddas we're having is not just from Bnei Esau and Bnei Shmuel. It's from this ill-fated chasana. Because now what you have is worse 
It's not just Yishmol and Esav. Both of them now married. So you can imagine, now you have the Tzadahs from Bezazayim. Yishmol's problems and Esav's problems. I remember I wrote, uh, wrote about this. It was actually someone picked up, it was printed in a major newspaper. So I wrote that when America is uh, making deals with, uh, with the Arab countries for oil, and that's why they're pressuring Israel, maybe that's a part of the marriage between Yishmol and Esav. Um, today, thank God, there's more sympathy for Israel, but we know Europe and even the United States, you could see Esav suddenly, um, unfortunately, siding with the other side. So that's what that Barbanel says. So it's just interesting when you look at it that way, and you know, obviously, it's, 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 it's on one side, it's amusing and humorous, but on the other hand, we're dealing with real nefoshes here, so we have serious times. But when you understand the inside story, I don't know, for some reason it doesn't make the tzadahs less, but you understand there's a bigger story unfolding here. And it goes all the way back to Avram. Mamish, Avram. Avram taught the world, taught his children. Nasir's Dokkar Mishpat. We read last week's Pasha. And that's all about bringing the Ebishter to this world. You see, the Rebbe makes such a, especially in the first Maimer, Basilagani, by Yikra, Kel Elam, Yikra Avram, Kel Elam, he made the world recognized as an Ebishter. Avram single-handedly pioneered the whole derech of Tzadkah V'chesed, Nechesed Yemishpet, Tzadkah Mishpet, And he taught us to his children. But it's not so simple, because as we know, in Tanya, it says in Tanya, it says in many places, we live in a world of a Helen V'hester. And even though Avram's teachings are so powerful, but we have a Muhammad. First of all, the Muhammad between Yaakov and Esau, Amurim B'Pasha, Yaakov and Esau, and each one of us. Al-Tarebbe brings Lum, Lum, Yemetz, and Pedic Tess in Tanya, and then the Muhammad with Yishmol Shebet Kirbe. And then, of course, the big Muhammad out in the world. And that's the story of history. So if you really want to sum it up, it comes down to how do we make peace in this world? Not just between people. Between us and the Ebishter. The Ebishter wants Shalom Ba'elam. But he created nations. He created Umas Elam. Ach Seina Esav Yaakov. We have the Hisnagdus of Elam Hazatel to Elam Haba from Gashmis to Ruchnis. In the case of Yishmol and Yitzchok, the Muhammad Chassidah says, is between Chesed Lumazah and the need for taming Chesed through Gvura to Gdusha. Yitzchok represents, you know, Chesed without Hagbalas can also destroy. Like if water is not in uh, raindrops, Gvura's Kshamim, it'll destroy the field just like a drought. So chesed needs to be balanced with gvurah. That's why you have chesed, gvurah, teferis. Yishmol, Yishmol was peda odom. Yodi bakel v'yat kel bey. No boundaries. That's what it means, a wild man. It's no boundaries. Yodi bakel. So the Aveda is that in a person's own life, you have to create a balance between chesed and gvurah and not allow chesed just to have no agbolas. In the Maimorim of Tofre Samaches and Tofshin Tes, the Rebbe Rashab and the Friedrich Rebbe explained the Birud is Netzach and Heid. Netzach and Heid is Yishmol and Esav. It doesn't say which is which, I think. Now, what's Netzach and Heid? So, in Gedusha Netzach and Heid, in, in Klippa Netzach and Heid, is Midas and Netzachen, like Per Adam, and Netzachen that's Belisechel. And you just fight someone fighting just to fight, just to kill, in a wild way. Heid. I don't know if you know this, but in Islam, one of the Yisaitis is surrender. Yeah, Haidah, complete surrender. 
But again, in a Vilda Eifim, not Metag Bolas. So the Rabbeim write that the Bidr of Netzach and Eid is the idea of Netzach and the Gdusha, Bidr and Netzach like he speaks in Mosulagani. Mavazb is called the Eid, says that Bidr and Netzach to bring Elokus into this world. And Eid is Eidah, Kabbalah Sale. So the more we bring Netzach and Eid in our lives, Gdusha, the more it counters as Mavadr the Netzach Eid of Klippa. So that's the Chassidish so-called take on this. And in practical it means what the Rebbe said back in the, the, during all the Mohammeds, that our job is the Ruchni Zdika part of the Mohammed is the Tehidah Mitzvahs that we do, the air that we add in the world. The Mortfilm, Mezuzah, Stoke, Chinuch, especially Mepi'enlim, V'yenkim, Yesad, Te'ez, L'Hashbusev, M'snakim, young children, Neshek, and all the things, it's interesting, tank, the Rebbe said that the mitzvah tank, which was like the so-called the vehicle that brings in the Psalm to Eden. So in Yud Beis Thomas, Tav Shalom the Rebbe speaks about tank. And said, tank is Rosh Tevis, Taras, Nizik, and Kachim. That's the Rebbe said. And the Rebbe said, Lacheda, tank is a Vildazach. You know, usually you go speak to somebody, you go to their office, you go to their home. Here you go into the street, you park a, a tank on one of the corners, you call it a tank. A tank is also like a battlefield. It's a war. The Rebbe like asked the question. And he answered, in Wilde Zeiten, Daphneholm Wilde Mittler, that when things are in wild times and crazy times, you need to do sometimes things that are not just the regular. And what's a tank? The Rebbe said, when do you send a tank? You send a tank when there's barriers and, and, uh, and all kinds of blocks and impediments so the tank can go right through walls, through fences, through all the different uh, barriers that the enemy puts up. The Rebbe said, here, can move in the enemy is Ruch Nizdik. So you take a tank, you go like Hatchila, Ribar, you call that tank. It's interesting, the Rebbe uses a military example, like Tzivus Hashem. Obviously, Ruch Nizdik a military example. Mitzvah tank started right after Yom Kippur War. That's when the Miftzoyim and Mitzvah tanks. I remember it also very clearly. I, remember, I was a Bochet in 770. I was in the 770, I was still in Ocean Parkway, but I was a Bacher then. And, but you see, all these things are like, you start thinking about the Rebbe, Magdim Raful Lamaka. So now, yes, there are tanks rolling in Gaza. Our job is to bring the, the Ruchanizdika tanks, to bring Yiddishkeit, to Mivtsoim, to every Yid, and Sheva Mitzvah to every non Jew. You also see the Sikhs of the Rebbe, the Mems about Sheva Mitzvah the Rebbe said, without it, you have a jungle. Look around, imagine. You know, I just did last night, I did a, yesterday afternoon, I did a, uh, a podcast with a Muslim. A Muslim. How did he get to me? So I do all these videos. So I did a video last week, which I was titled, A Call to uh, My Muslim Cousins and Friends. You know, and my point was a short video that I did, which was, about what would Avramovini, your grandfather, Ibrahim, or Abraham, what would he say to you now? What would he say when he sees this behavior? So this Muslim reached out to me. He lives in London. He's actually born in Bangladesh. And he reached out and he said that, you know, he sent us some articles, and he is a very pro-Israel. And he also calls his, his own Muslim friends, calls them out on it. So he suggested maybe we have a conversation. So I did, like, for an hour and 15 minutes, will soon be posted. We had this conversation. It was actually very interesting. 
And he like he quotes from all his sources, you're not allowed to kill a man, a woman, and a child. I mean, pretty strong stuff. So you see from this, you know, I don't know how many there are like him out there. There may be millions, I don't know what it is, but even if there's one, I'm sure there's more. So I said to him, do you have, do you have colleagues that feel like you do? So why don't they speak up? So he told me this, fear, you know, all the different reasons. You can watch the interview, it's a very interesting interview. I'm not giving you, as a Kailan Holler, a license to watch things, but since I see some of you have phones, so I'm sure maybe it's only for chitas, but, um, right? Okay. Or updates, it's updates. Um, if it's on COL, then it's kosher? I love that. Huh? Huh? Okay, you have to have them both. Yeah. The point being is that, uh, that I, I see, I see from my own work, I put out the message there. We have, the Rebbe speak Mashev Mitzvah, is not just a nice theory. If every guy understood, every Yomusayelim understood, not just the Shemitzvah that was given me Sinai from the Eberster, I would follow it. It includes everything. There, be, there wouldn't be a possibility that a person could attack another person, let alone what happened on uh, Simchus Teda on October 7th, as, as it's known. So we have work to be done, you and I and all of us. And the Rebbe laid it all out. As I said, we all hoped such things wouldn't be necessary today, but it seems like that's what the story is. So for us to not act is, in my opinion, a complete uh, unacceptable. The Rebbe would not accept that. The Rebbe turned every Muhammad into a Muhammad Ruchni that we have to fight on a Ruchni's front. And yes, yeah, a Muhammad Tzedek V'yeshet. That's very clear. I can't tell you. I'm sure you've seen some of the videos. How many Eden are in the Seder today? Eden that didn't even think about the Yiddishkeit. Suddenly you need an enemy to wake it up in you. Suddenly you see Nazis. You see Mach what they did. And there's a tremendous Seder for really for Yiddishkeit. And by Goyim as well. Clear-headed. You see what's good and what's evil. You know, when things are not clear, you have his of Islam Hadvarim right now. Nobody, except the real haters, can say that killing a child, all the ways they did it, is acceptable. So if they only kill soldiers, would be bad enough. But once you behave in such a way, it's very clear, the Birut Hadvarim here. What's right, what's wrong? We may disagree, but certain things are not acceptable, and that's it. Period. I was on another interview, and I said, you think any Jew went back to Germany after World War II and started killing men, women, and children in Germany? No, that's not, that's not the way. Even though we remember what they did and we're upset and Hashem Yimkum Domo, etc., etc. But our revenge is through building. We build our families, we build our mazes, we build generations. But that doesn't mean we forget. There's different ways you fight the war. So bottom line is, the main point that I wanted to bring out is not just time to show the Muslim and a parsha and so on, it comes down to, there's a story unfolding here. It's a story of bringing Elokus into this world. That's our job. Derashvi especially. And you see these things, it's not just a, a, a helm. It's all part of something bigger going on. And the end of the day, as the Eberster told Avram, by we will prevail, and we will the Birr HaOmes is the end of the process. The last Omes are Esav and, 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 and Yishmol, Edim and Yishmol, and we will prevail as the Rebbe promised us, so it should be Bekarev, the least amount of pain and loss. The Ebishter should protect our holy soldiers who are standing on the front lines protecting innocent Eden, and Eden everywhere should be protected, and 
we are soldiers who have to do our job. Sivis Hashem.